What's going on, Headliner Nation? It's just a quick reminder, if you dig the podcast, please take two seconds out of your day to leave us a five-star review. It helps us grow the show to a wider audience so we can continue to bring the football knowledge to the masses. We truly appreciate all the support. Thank you so much for your loyalty. Yo. Analytics, all the chain, all the channels, not the same. Jake and Kyle, you know the name. Headliner Nation, we run it again. What is going on, Headliner Nation? Welcome back to the Fantasy Headliners podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and uh, the room not as full as it usually is. Had a few members of the team have some things come up Sunday night, so guess who you're stuck with? Myself and Kyle. It's just the, it's just the two of us, uh, kind of like the olden days, Kyle, when it was nobody but you and me. Uh, but Just the I, two of us. Just the, yeah, I mean, there we you go. We can make it if we try, and just the two of us. All right, perfect. All right, you now, and I. Okay, don't leave. Don't leave after the singing, <laughs> but hey. You know, we're, we're going to come at you here for another 30, 45 minutes or so here on the Monday, the Monday edition of this podcast, just to talk. And I'm going to be completely honest, being that we didn't have all the members show up, our, uh, our ideas of what we we're going to talk about kind of went out the door. So you're pretty much just going to have me and Kyle babbling about things and, you know, whatever irritates us, makes us happy, excites us, whatever it may be here for the next 30 to 45 minutes. But Kyle, the first thing I want to talk about is <laughs> lately here, I'm starting to notice Kyle's getting very excited about the Lions upcoming draft. And for the longest time, you're like, no, we don't need a quarterback. And now all of a sudden, Kyle out there beating the drum for a quarterback at number two. I am. I've completely changed my mind. <laughs> I'm just. And you've totally and redeemed yourself. Probably three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago. I had even made a couple of comments on Twitter. Like if you pass, pass up Kayvon Thibodeau, or Aiden Hutchinson. It's an absolute freaking mistake. <laughs> and I kind of mentioned this in my top 10 prospects video the other day. Like I knew about Malik Willis prior to, because our, like our grinding of the tape does not start, start until after the Super Bowl Cause we just do way too much content in season to be watching, you know, tape all year long. We can't do it. We know about the guys in the upcoming draft. We keep an eye on them notes and things like that, but we don't really start sitting down and watching these guys until, you know, after the Super Bowl. So I knew who Malik Willis was, but I hadn't had a chance to really watch a whole lot of the tape. And then he goes and he has just an amazing senior bowl. I mean, he was one of the guys that was the talk of the senior bowl at that time. I'm like, okay, all right. I like some things about this kid. Let me go look a little bit more. And then we go to combine week. And the thing that stood out to me was just how amazing he was in interviews and his football IQ and how he remembers plays and how he was able to pick up on offenses and how he was able to read, uh, you know, read defenses. And I'm just like, I like that. I like that a lot. And it's just, every time I watch it, I get more and more excited. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? F it, F it. We've got two first round picks the next two years. We've got a good offensive line now. We've got a good running back. Yeah, we got DJ Chark. Not super excited about it, but it is what it is. You know, still got Amon Ross, St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, re-signed Josh Reynolds. So for me at this point, I'm like, you know what? Let's take a shot at Willis at number two because I really like him because I compared to watching him this year the same way I compared watching Trey Lance last year. 
And Trey Lance, to me, has an opportunity to become the next Patrick Mahomes or the closest thing that we may kind of get to what we've seen from him. Um, I don't think Willis is going to be that, but we were talking about in the chat a little bit ago, and my floor for Willis is Tyrod Taylor. That's the floor. Mm -hmm. He's going to need some time. He's going to have to sit for a season. I think this is the perfect time to do it, though. You've got use the second overall pick on him this year. Let him sit behind Goff. That offense and that that whole team actually started to get better towards the end of last year. So I don't see another top five pick coming. So if that happens, you're not going to really have the chance to be in on the CJ Strouds or other guys next cycle. So use it now on a guy with a really high ceiling. Then you've got two first rounders again next year to continue build this team around Willis when he's ready to step in. So I'm all on board for it. Yeah, it, it's like you said, it's the perfect time. If you're going to take a chance on it, now is the time to do it. It was just funny how you progressed over the last eh, four to six weeks or so. You've slowly and slowly, and then all of a sudden you're just like, damn it, like I, I have drank the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. It is too late. Uh, you know, and, and I get it because what I really took away from Malik Willis is not so much the talent. We knew the talent was going to be there. We saw the pro day, but the energy that this kid has is exactly what they need in Detroit because honestly they need to put some butts in the seats and continue to try to give their fans something to look forward to. He does that because they have enough young talent to try to try to build something. And not that I want to rely on Jared Goff here uh, for any amount of time, but it it does give him an opportunity to sit for a year because it's not like they're going to be contenders this year anyway. And and then maybe we see him here in, in 2023. Yeah. But that was, I mean, that was a big thing why I was basically skipping on to begin with. Cause I was like, you know, why I don't, why draft him this year when you've got some better bets coming out next year, that could be real game changers and things of that nature. And then after I looked at it and thought about it for a little bit, I was like, you know what, this team actually probably played a little bit above expectations, even though they have the number two pick in the draft, they were in a lot of games last year that really they had no business being in. And it just seems that they kind of responded to Dan Campbell. Now I don't think Dan Campbell ends up still being the long-term answer there. But Malik Willis definitely fits more of what we're seeing in the NFL these days. Big time arm, can move, can run with the football, can make the offense. I mean, a little RPO there with DeAndre Swift, I think would be excellent. You've got the offensive line to protect them. So let's do it. If we're going to do it, do it. I mean, because honestly, with the, with the way they draft, you might as well take a shot on them anyway. Because, I mean, it, as long as it's not a tight end at number two. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they go tight end, we're going to have some serious, serious problems. All right, what about, let's talk about, Something a little bit different here. Can we talk about trash for a second? Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of trash out in the garage right now. Okay, I don't mean that kind of trash. I'm talking about, and we all come to expect this. It's the off season. It's hot take season on social media. But oh my god, there that is type some, of trash. There is some serious trash out there. And if we can do anything, I want to provide a service for the next few minutes here, and I'm going to try to talk very clearly into the microphone. If you are serious about wanting to get better at fantasy football, you need to be ignoring clickbait content in March. We saw a tweet earlier today that, you know, you, you showed us, it was asking a question, who was the best team in the AFC? And they didn't even have the Buffalo Bills pictured. Now I get it. The AFC is stacked, but uh, we need to give a little <laughs> bit of respect. Leave out the Bills. <laughs> yeah, you leave out the Bills. Just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And there's a lot of that going around right now. And there's a lot of half-ass takes is what we talk about here all the time. Half-ass opinions is what we like to call them. Because if you're consuming content that really has no backing to it, it's just a, it's just an opinion, 
what are opinions like Kyle? They're like buttholes, right? We all got them and they all stink, right? So we need to have some facts to kind of back it up. So if I can tell you anything, if you're trying to do some research now and you're looking to a few people to try to help you gather that information, make sure they're giving you the reasons behind their thoughts and not just giving you the opinions because that's how you totally screw yourself and end up drafting Zach Moss in your fantasy football draft. Uh, Great great person to bring up there <laughs> gotcha. i had to throw that one in there from you can i go can i go off on a behind the scenes hell like, yeah. type of tangent hell right yeah, now because i know what the, the, the these podcasts here on monday are a little bit more like yeah. that and i know we get lots of questions all the time from the people it's like hey hey you know what is it like behind the scenes what do you go what do you guys do behind the scenes so i just want to take a little bit of a trip down memory lane real quick and i, I won't make this too super long but the year was what jake 2018 when you and i first connected 18, 19, 19. No, no, it was 19. It was 19, 19. Well, no, we connected in 18. My first season with you was 19, 20, 21. Now, okay. So Jake and I first connected in 2018. I was with a different company. We're not going to name them Mm because they're Bush league. Um, We were with a different company. I was with a different company and I reached out to Jake because I had been telling this company for months. Now we need to get started on YouTube. They were not listening to me. Jake invited me on his show. We gelled right away. We talked about, was it herpes or something was, like that? Was, I asked you if you had crabs. 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 We're, we're, talking about, we're talking about Michael Crabtree at the time. Yes. We talked about having crabs. Um, so anyway, so, you know, we spent 2018. Jake's doing his thing here at the Fantasy Headliners and helping us over at this other channel. I'm doing really everything over there. Then Jake comes to me and says, hey, leave them come here. It took all of like two minutes for Jake to convince me I was on board. I left them. I came here and the rest is fancy football history. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, at that time, Jake, I was really big into Twitter Yes, and you, you and you know that, and you and I had multiple conversations where we talked about what are the real true benefits of Twitter. And I used to try to be like super engaging on Twitter and post things to get, you know, people interacting with me and things of that nature. But over the last couple of years, I've basically said F it to Twitter. I don't ever post on Twitter anymore. That's anything even like remotely useful because number one, the things that I used to post on Twitter, you can't really do anything with because you don't get enough characters. Mm -hmm. So if I post like some stats or something, I either have to do a big long thread that takes me 50 minutes to write out anyway Or you know what? I'm going to do a video on it where I can actually go into depth on what I'm trying to do and help communicate. You can't see me right now, everybody listening, but I'm like pointing my hands back and forth, you know, trying to say this line of communication, being able to talk to people about, you know, what I'm thinking and really kind of go through that process. So it's a lot easier to understand. Because if you're using Twitter for fantasy football research, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Because 95% of the people that post fantasy football stuff on Twitter manipulate and turn stats to benefit their need. Like the other day, from another website, somebody posted some stats about Ronald Jones last season. And everyone knows, you know, what we think about Ronald Jones here. Yeah, he, you know, he, he could be decent, but he draw, he puts the football on the ground too much. He makes some mental mistakes. And, you know, obviously, you know, it's just that that's caused some issues with his ceiling in the past. So, but with that being said, too, we also understand that there has been some good things about Ronald Jones that have made him somewhat successful during the last couple of years in Tampa. And he basically posted like some 
just grabbed stats from 2022 or 2021. And I responded to him and I said, why are you using 2021 stats? Because if you go back to 2019 and 20, 2020 and you use per game basis stats, they blow these stats out of the water. So you're cherry picking stats from a season which he clearly lost the starting job early on to a former first round draft pick that had just insane ability coming out of college and Leonard Fournette. And I'm not the biggest Leonard Fournette fan, but he's a good player and he lost touches to that guy. That's cherry picking stats and that's trying to paint a picture that isn't necessarily true. You're just trying to say, hey, this is my take and that's it. People do that on Twitter all the time. That's why YouTube is just so fascinating these days to me and why I've basically given up on all that because I can take you know anything I could post on Twitter that's gonna take me 50 minutes to do it anyway. I can put it in the slide and I can make a 20 minute video for everybody to watch and I can really communicate both sides of the story better because if there's one thing that we do here, Jake, we don't put together garbage like that. We don't create, if we are, if we even look at something and say, this is more clickbaitish than anything, we don't even move forward with it because it's, it's not any good for us. It's not any good for all of you out there watching or listening. It doesn't help you get better. And it certainly isn't good for us to just try and push an agenda that there's nothing to back it up anyway. Well, we're not trying to do this just to gain followers and gain subscribers. We're actually trying to do this for a purpose. And it, and, and teach people and help people and, and make it enjoyable along the way. And there's so much garbage out there and it gets old. Like, honestly, if I could do this job without any social media, I would, you know, teleport back to my olden days of tube socks and short shorts and not even flip phone days. And, and just like continue to do nothing but videos because they're just so much more important. I do somewhat still enjoy the audio side of things like this because at least we can sit here and have a full-length conversation and if i don't like something you're saying or i have an opposing argument we can do that you can't do that on social media especially in the days where everybody gets butt hurt if they don't agree with you nowadays so make sure you're watching out for those things it's just just it's disheartening at times. I mean, I find myself just closing Twitter a lot now because I'm like, I don't have time to sit here and hold hands or babysit. It's so gross. I, I am too old. I have too many gray hairs to sit here and worry about this. And I'm not convinced that any success in my life is based off of a follower count. So yeah, at the beginning, Kyle thought he was Twitter famous and I had to, I had to pull him from the, uh, the Twitter reins and say, listen, man, that's cool and all, but that's not what the future is going to be. And that's, that's exactly what we're trying to do here. And, and it takes time. A lot of people come up with that and they think that, hey, I can go on Twitter and self-name myself a fantasy analyst. And now all of a sudden I've made myself something that I'm really not. And I can put together a bunch of tests and make it look like I know what I'm talking about. But I mean, it is what it is. Go out there, have some fun, take it for what it is, but don't take it as like the spoken word because so much of that stuff is just misinterpretations of the actual facts. Yes. All right. And that's behind the scenes with the fantasy headlines. Yeah, that's a little bit of behind the scenes. There's a lot. I mean, I still think that, you know, a lot of people think we just turn on a camera or a microphone, sit down for 20 minutes, make a video on a topic that we just kind of want to talk about. And it we takes make... me twice that long to just get camera ready. Yeah, exactly. I mean, tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. I got to make sure my lighting is perfect. Uh, it's just, and then they think like we're millionaires because of it. And it just doesn't work that way. And uh, that's why we love being able to do what we do. And as often as we do it with as much content as we have, but uh, okay, let's move on, because now all of a sudden, we're hearing more rumors in the NFL, uh, this one being maybe about Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown. 
Now we see some wide receivers just getting stupid money. And I totally blame the Jacksonville Jaguars and Christian Kirk for this. Still, I have not let yeah. this go for like two weeks and I'm going to continue to pound the drum. Being that he came from Arizona, went to high school in Arizona, I'm still blaming Christian Kirk. Uh, but now all of a sudden, Debo Samuel, they're coming out saying they're at a crossroads with his contract and A.J. Brown's in rumors. Uh, I don't understand, and maybe there's no easy way for me to understand, but okay, so sure, San Francisco looking at Debo Samuel, do they want to pay him that much money? Probably not. I don't think anybody wants to pay that. Everybody wants it for the cheapest price possible. But at some point... We're not going to continue to play, you know, hot seat here. What's what's that? What's that? What's that game called? No, where you where you walk around the seat, and then the music starts and stops. What's that called? Musical chairs. That's what. It oh, is. musical chairs. We can't continue hot to. T- you said like hot chair. I, I was like, like I what? Hot seat or something. I don't know what the hell I was talking seat. about. It's been it's been a long day. Uh, but yeah, it's like musical chairs. We can't continue to play musical chairs as fun as it is from a from our perspective to talk about all of it. It's going to have to stop at some, not stop, but slow down at some point. I can't see superstars continually changing teams as rapidly as they have in the last couple of weeks and kind of sustain that. Uh, at some point, some of these teams are going to start paying their studs. See, here's, you know, here's a funny thing. I was thinking about this earlier. You know what? I was going to tweet it and I didn't because I knew it would get misinterpreted anyway. So I figured I would talk about it on a show anyway. <laughs> so perfect timing. Um, it's really funny how people are like, you know, don't sign running backs because running backs are a dime a dozen and you can find it's becoming that way with wide receivers. Like wide receivers are getting paid a crap ton of money right now. And I think we've seen over the past couple of years that if you really do your research and you really find a guy that's a great fit for your offense, you know, wide receivers are becoming a dime a dozen. I mean, football players in general are getting better and better and better and better. Teams are getting deeper. Mm -hmm. You're getting more superstars in the NFL, the crop of, you know, college players every year, you know, this year, obviously on the offensive side is, is down quite a bit on the defensive side is really, really good, but it's just getting better. So instead of paying Tyreek Hill, instead of paying Devante Adams, instead of potentially paying Debo Samuel, you can draft the next Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking at those guys and they're like, you know, let's let's look and see what they're replicating at this point. Because obviously Jamar Chase last year, you know, you know, rookie, you know, rookie of the year going to the Super Bowl uh, there with uh, with Cincinnati. You know, you know, Justin Jefferson, obviously he just, you know, came right into Minnesota. Now they're not going to a Super Bowl anytime soon. Sorry, Minnesota fans. But, you know, he just comes right in and, you know, he puts together one of the greatest rookie seasons that you've ever seen from a rookie wide receiver. I mean, it's just it's going to become the same way where it's like these wide receivers for so long have been like, hey, you know, we're putting up big numbers and things like that. People have said, well, why are you paying running backs when you can just draft another one or, you know, bring somebody in? Wide receivers are becoming the same way because, you know, it's becoming a passing league. Guys are becoming, it already is. I don't know why I said becoming, but it's a heavy passing league. So these guys are putting up monster stats. Teams are just going to start saying, hey, I'll grab a couple of first round picks or a first and a second, and I'll just draft the next one of you instead of paying you $100 million because I'm going to have to pay my quarterback hundreds of millions of dollars because it is a QB driven league now. That's just the way it's becoming. Yep. And it's crazy because all the teams that have the cap room right now, it's all fine and dandy. 
in a couple years, though, it's going to get a little interesting for some of these guys. And you're going to see teams yeah. in the same positions like the New Orleans Saints where they're having to restructure everybody and add years to contracts and cut players because they just need room under the salary cap. And eventually, eventually it gets just to be too much. And some of these huge deals, like I said, totally blaming Christian Kirk. It's well, all Christian. It's, it's funny because, you know, people have been talking about Kansas City. I mean, we can talk about them for a second. And, you know, people are like, man – that window closed fast. I don't think the window has closed no. yet. Obviously, it's much more competitive in the AFC West. And it was going to, to be with Tyreek Hill there anyway. Yeah, it was going to be with Tyreek Hill anyway. And they could make a couple of great draft picks this year and they could be right back where they're at. And I'm not saying that you could just replace Tyreek Hill, but if you draft the next Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, you do replace Tyreek Hill and you do it pretty easily. So, it, you know, it could happen. It may not happen. But people are like, oh, you know, their their window closed quickly. That is astonishing to me because I think that even cements more how crazy it is what Tom Brady and the New England Patriots did for so long. But also, I think it calls to the fact that Tom Brady took less money than he could have made for a very long time in his NFL career so that that team could put together guys around him. If Tom Brady signed a Patrick Mahomes deal, uh, you know, what Lamar Jackson could end up getting, you know, some of these big time, you know, Aaron Rodgers, if he signs a deal like that several years ago in new England, they don't, they don't compete year in and year out. There's no way. Cause they would never have had enough money. But they paid him. He took a pay cut for a long time. They shuffled that money around to a lot of different guys throughout the process. But they never really paid huge contracts to one guy. Mm -hmm. And they were very successful for a very long time doing it. I think that's what teams really need to focus on. You know, if you've got if you've got a quarterback, you pay the quarterback. You don't walk away from the quarterback these days. If you got him, you pay him, especially at a younger age. But if you get to a point with like Tyreek Hill where it's like, man, we just can't invest that money in you, trade them away, get the draft picks and try to rebuild. But that's why it's so important to have such a really good front office now. 100%, man. And I don't want to sit here by any means and say that MVS is a Tyreek Hill replacement. (laughs) But, But what you can say is when you look at a team like that, look at just last season. And even though they weren't as dominant as they maybe had been in years past look at some of the names that were out there getting targets and stuff that the byron pringles the demarcus robinsons jarek mckinnon made a little bit of a you know a a statement there towards the end of the year josh gordon i mean there's just other guys out there that were getting targets in this offense it's not like it was just tyreek hill now sure he led the team with 159 targets and that's going to be a large chunk that's going to be dispersed but don't forget they also brought in juju as well uh, you have travis kelsey who was obviously option one miko hardman still a burner is he tyreek hill no you got two guys on the outside though they can you know spread the field a little bit you know you know go deep down the field so i don't i still think the division goes through kansas city i'm not going to hand it over to anybody else just yet because honestly nobody else has proven that they can do it time and time again like kansas city with patrick mahomes do they retool in this this draft i think they kind of do and really they're like one piece that doesn't even have to be justin jefferson jamar chase away to still being the favorites in that division even though it's going to be super fun to watch on a weekly basis with those guys duking it out there in the AFC West. Well, they've got, I mean, they've got two first. They've got the 29 and the 30 now in this year's draft. 
I mean, depending on how things play out, I mean, we know that this draft is full of really good defensive players, really good offensive linemen, and really the top of the wide receiver pool could end up being very, very good. They could package together those two first and they could move up or they could take one of the first and, you know, maybe a couple of seconds or something, they can move up. And I think if they add, you know, like a Chris Olave to this team, you know, that it's, yeah, I mean, it's, they're just, I mean, they're going to be right back to where they were anyway. And again, it's not because we say, oh, hey, Chris Olave is going to be better than Tyreek Hill. It's not to say that at all. But you you have the opportunity to spread the ball a little bit more, and you're putting out there another guy who is very very good. I mean that's that's just how it is. That's another guy is who's very very is. good that you're paying very very little for because he's the end of the first round pick, and you're not having to play pay hundreds of millions of dollars for him. Yep. And that's why some of these teams stay good for so long is they can maximize and they can draft well. If you can find a few of those rookie phenoms that's how la is able to do what they're doing right now with the chargers because they're not paying justin herbert yet i mean how do you think they're spending all this money it's because he's still on his rookie deal i mean if you can find guys that you can win ball games with on that rookie contract you can put some high dollar free agents around them make a run for a couple years before you got to pay somebody huge money and it opens up your window once again and i by no means do I think the Kansas City window is closed. I think that they do add somebody in the draft, and it's going to be enough to make them contenders once again in that division. Plus, like you said, they got Ronald Jones, so they're destined for Super Bowl glory. <laughs> I mean, oh. we, we talked about Ronald Jones for a second, and it's weird because a lot of people are like, oh, is this good or bad for Ronald Jones? Well, he's literally in the same situation that he was in in Tampa, right? He's mm-hmm. sharing a backfield. He's his person who he's sharing with is a better pass catcher than him. He's protecting one of the best quarterbacks in football. Uh, He makes too many mental mistakes and his coach will punish him for those mistakes. Just like Bruce Arians. He's literally in Tampa 2.0 right now. So if you've liked what you've gotten from Ronald Jones, the past couple of years, expect a little bit more of the same him and CEH are just going to share this backfield and it's going to be a headache each and every week. And honestly, I don't think I really want a part of it. No, I mean, I, we talked about the other day, right? Like, I hate this more for CEH than yep. I like it for Ronald Jones. Yep. Agreed. Because, I mean, prior to Ronald Jones, CEH was looking like he was going to get a pretty healthy workload there in that backfield. But, yeah, it's just going to be too much of a split. What about what about his former teammate, though? You mentioned Leonard Fournette earlier. And Leonard Fournette, to me, is somewhat interesting because he's going back to Tampa Bay, who's, yes, their offensive line a little bit different than what it was last year, but still – you know, above average, you have all the pass catching weapons on the outside, but now there's no Ronald Jones in the backfield to even worry about. It's literally Leonard Fournette. And I'm looking right now at the consensus rankings and they have him falling into the third round or so. Uh, To me, Leonard Fournette, I am, I'm probably fine being that I draft running backs heavy. Anyway, I'm probably fine with Leonard Fournette in the early second at this point, because you know, he's going to have the scoring opportunities. You know, he's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, I think Leonard Fournette, if he doesn't move here throughout the off season is going to be somebody who returns huge value. All right. I'm trying to bring up expert. I'm putting quotes around that consensus rankings real quick. <laughs> yeah. To see, yeah, they to have him running this. back 13 overall, which is the 25th overall player. Why can't I find 22? Oh, draft rankings right there. There they are. Let me switch it to uh half PPR. All right. Okay. So 
they've got Gibson, Kamara, Swift, Chubb, Javante Williams, Mixon, Harris, Cook, CMC, Eckler, Henry, and Taylor. First of all, Mixon at seven is ridiculous. Yes. Anyway, so are you drafting Leonard Fournette or Antonio Gibson? Leonard Fournette. Are you drafting Leonard Fournette or Alvin Kamara? Leonard Fournette. Uh, Fournette or Swift? Leonard Fournette. Okay, now things get a little bit more difficult. That's where it stops, right there. <laughs> right there. Chubb, think- not, I'm not going with him over Chubb. Javante Williams, as of right now, I'm probably taking jo- Javante Williams is a is probably a higher upside than Leonard Fournette for me, but I also think he's probably a little bit more risky. Well, like we don't even he, know about Melvin yet. Right. Yeah, we still don't know about Melvin. It does sound like his time is done there. I mean, they they were pretty adamant in saying we probably aren't going to be bringing back Melvin Gordon. So, you know, for me looking at it, yes, there's a lot of upside there. I, it kind of depends on what you have. Did, you know, who did you take as your RB1? You know, mm-hmm. what's the rest of your team looking like? That's one of those kind of in-draft decisions for me. Definitely going mixing over him. What about Najee Harris? I mean, Ooh. this one is a little bit difficult because I still think that Fournette is safer than Najee. I, I think I when it comes because of the offense that he's in, he's going to get the scoring opportunities. Now the volume is definitely going to go the way of Najee. He's going to out carry Leonard Fournette by quite a bit. I mean, Fournette last year had 180 rushing attempts, which is not huge work by any means. He also, I believe, had 84 targets, 69 receptions. So does he get more that more than that this year, though? He could. No Ronald Jones now. But, but look what he did last year with only 249 total touches. I mean, when you look at the total touches, I don't think that. Leonard Fournette needs to get as many touches as a Najee Harris to return more fantasy points, because I think the scoring opportunities are going to be there more for Tampa Bay than they will be for Pittsburgh with Mitchie biscuits under center. See, that's the thing that worries me. And I know last week we talked about this with Mac and Ethan and both Steeler fans who are Steeler fans. And I don't not like, if I'm saying that correctly, I don't not like don't not Najee like Harris. Okay. <laughs> I don't hate him by any means whatsoever. No. But give me Tom Brady over Mitchie Biscuits. Give me the offensive line in Tampa, even though it took a little bit of a hit. They did a decent job of retooling it. Give me that offensive line. The weapons without Chris Godwin right now, I would go Claypool and Johnson over Evans and really if you want to call Russell Gage the wide receiver too there we don't know about Gronk yet either though he's Gronk, gonna be coming back I would think he is but he hasn't made a decision yet apparently at this point and then also in terms of just plain being up like I would have to assume that Tampa Bay is going to be playing ahead a lot more than what Pittsburgh will be playing ahead this year so 180, I mean, Ronald Jones had 101 attempts mm-hmm. last year. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn isn't getting 100 attempts. If Bruce Arians is getting Keyshawn Vaughn 100 attempts, I'm flying down to Tampa. I'm having a word with that man. He might be a badass, but I will I will go toe-to-toe with Bruce Arians over Keyshawn Vaughn getting 100 attempts next season. Would you go off on him and then apologize or call him sir at the end of it? No, I would say, listen here, you old effer. Like, <laughs> effer. come on. Effer. You old effer. <laughs> I mean, their third, their fourth leading rusher last year was Tom Brady <laughs> <Nuh-uh>. <laughs> with 28 carries. Wow. They were all sneaks for like 
Yeah, I think he had uh, one run Giovanni over ten. Bernard come back though? Is he was he on a two year deal or a one year deal? Does it matter? It doesn't matter, but you know that was just, you know like we talk about though you know another person is just one more person that could take away little touches, but I'd have to assume Leonard Fournette is going over 200 attempts this year. Oh, and he also only played in 14 games last year, so he did miss some time too. He would have been over 200 attempts. I'm going Leonard Fournette over Najee Harris, and Ethan and Matt can both suck on it. That's what I'm talking about because, I mean, uh. For the record, Giovanni Bernard is a free agent. Okay, um, that's what I thought. But I so remember. when we look at it last year, Najee Harris did outscore Leonard Fournette. Najee Harris finishes running back four overall, Leonard Fournette running back seven overall. He outscored him by approximately, quick math here, 42 points, 42 fantasy points. Najee Harris had 381 touches last year to get 40 more points than Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is somebody who I don't think we want huge, huge volume because he's somebody who has had foot issues before, but he is just so much more efficient in that offense. And we know the passing work is going to be there. What made James White viable in New England? It was Tom Brady and the dump down passes. Who's getting those now? It's still Leonard Fournette. Plus he's their number one option. Plus he's their goal line back. I, I mean, the more we talk about it here, if I'm sitting at pick number 10, 11, 12, and all my players that I like, all my top running backs are off the board. I may be something stupid this year just to take Leonard Fournette into the first. That's how I talk about drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, the more we talk about it, I'm starting to get excited. I know. <laughs> yeah. Now that we, you know, now that we didn't have to listen to Mac and Ethan and we can uh, give our take on it. Those guys, those they wanted to take him over Mixon, and we're like, what? No, we're taking Fournette over him, even damn homers. But I mean, yeah. So at this point, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I'm taking over him. Derek Henry, I am. Austin yep. Eckler, I am. Do you take Christian McCaffrey over Leonard Fournette? I'm going to say it this way. I think I do, but only because I don't expect to draft much Christian McCaffrey this year. I, I just, I don't, I don't want to go through another year of. I don't either of it. You know what I mean? I <laughs> with Sam Darnold is and nobody wants to go to Carolina. Like there's just nothing there. The defense is pretty solid, but Christian McCaffrey is going to be a lot of the offense again and he hasn't proven to be able to stay healthy. I Now, if we're talking about like okay, pick number 4, am I going to take Leonard Fournette? No, probably not. But uh, man, the more we talk about it, Leonard Fournette should be in the conversation to be a late first, early second round pick. And I don't think people are going to have that conversation at all this year. And I have no idea why people will have cam Akers higher on their draft boards come draft season. Yeah, than they no. have Leonard Fournette. And I can't do that. Not doing it. And you know, and here's the thing too. Like, I'm just going to tell everybody, if you're still listening out there, I was not like, I understood that Leonard Fournette was good coming out of college but I had some issues with potential, potentially an injury bug with him and some issues with him just going to Jacksonville. So overall, when he came out and was drafted by Jacksonville, I was like, I don't love this. And even early on his career, I was like, this man, like all of his fantasy success is based on volume. The guy has been super inefficient and it's just been based on volume. So for the longest time, I've been out on Leonard Fournette because that's what it is. But then, you know, he gets here to Tampa, great landing spot. 
you know, him and Rojo last year really, or two years ago, really shared a whole lot of the workload. And then last year, Rojo screws up basically first game of the season. Fournette, after that great run there at the end of, you know, their Super Bowl run, playoff Lenny just having a great, you know, great, you know, playoff run there. He comes in and just kind of carries that momentum. And he just has just a great season last year. You know, I'm fully on board with this year. You know, now, you know, we're talking about, we're going through it. For me at this point, I'll have Taylor, Henry, Eckler, probably McCaffrey, probably Cook, and Mixon. Leonard Fournette right now is either seven or eight for me. And it depends on what I want to do with Javante Williams when the offseason is over and we can lock in the fact that he has no competition there. Because Leonard Fournette's only competition right now is Keyshawn Vaughn. And, so it's also and, going to depend on if they try to bring anybody in there. Yeah. I mean, if we know that Melvin leaves that for sure, then I, of course, Javante in that top 10, I still got to have Nick Chubb in my top 10 as well. So he's going to be right around that eight or nine Leonard Fournette. And I have a feeling Kyle, that we're probably going to have a video on Leonard Fournette at some point throughout this off season. The words must have in it. <laughs> it probably, it probably will. I'm not going to say that because we haven't done all that yet, but uh, people are probably going to think that we're, we're a little crazy. He may be somebody that we're, a little bit higher on than a lot of people right now. And that is perfectly okay. Now, one last question, because you brought up Jacksonville earlier when you're talking about Leonard Ford. And I have, I have what I think is a problem. And I noticed it because I don't see very many people agreeing with me, but I don't talk about this a whole lot because I don't want to be torched about it because I can't really prove anything yet. I don't, can't cherry pick my own stats yet. If you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I'm not in on Trevor Lawrence. Like I, I like Zach Wilson more than Trevor Lawrence. What and are we talking? 2022 or like I'm talking like career long term. I'm talking long term. Ooh, okay. And I I as of right now sitting here, I buy Zach Wilson before I buy Trevor Lawrence. Here is I I don't think you should be torched for it by any means. But nobody um, wants to agree with me, Kyle. I don't my problem is, is that Urban Meyer was such a freaking moron that he completely just did. He completely ruin Trevor Lawrence or was it just that team was so badly operated last year that even Lawrence's like, you know, his talent couldn't even get away from it either. That's why I got to see this year. Now, Wilson, to me, was always a guy where he absolutely has the talent, but he was like a Josh Allen type of guy to me. Mm -hmm. Like, got to be in the right place, got to develop right. He's got to have the right coaching staff around him. We did see Wilson get a little bit better after he came back from that injury and looked a lot better. They've made some good changes there in New York over the last couple of years. I'm not ready to go Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence just yet. I just think that Zach Wilson has the potential years down the road to have a better opportunity in New York than maybe Trevor does in Jacksonville. I mean, we're already talking about, okay, so all these free agent signings that Jacksonville has done, they've signed a bunch of mediocre guys, giving them way too much money, which is going to hurt them in the long haul. And then in New York, you still have a very young squad overall it's more of a quote unquote desirable market because it's, it's in New York. We see all the time that every time that there's a free agent, it seems like the jets names are being thrown around in there. Are they always being selected? No, because they're still the jets, but it it's only going to take one guy 
to go there, or it's going to take a couple good weeks from Zach Wilson for people to really start noticing. And I think they have a opportunity to turn it around quicker in New York than in Jacksonville, because Jacksonville just seems like they're trying to throw money at a problem and they're not trying to fix the problem. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're any better this year outside of the coaching change based on them changing all their personnel and all the money they spent. I don't know if their team's any better. Like I, I, I look at it and sure the names look a little bit better, but it, it doesn't like wow me at all with all the money they spent. Well, in terms of their team not being better for Jacksonville, their defense is still freaking garbage. I and they and they're let their defenders go. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they walked away from Miles Jack, it, you know. So in terms of being better, I mean, we're probably still looking at a team that's a probably one to four, maybe five win team. I still don't think they're going to be very better because they're not going to be able to stop anybody. Um I, I really have not changed my rankings of these quarterbacks from last year at this point yet, just because again, I think there were so many outside factors for some of them. It was, it was really hard for me to make an adjustment. Um, Just Lawrence obviously had a bad year, but he also had a a ridiculously stupid head coach. Justin Fields showed some flashes, but again, Matt Nagy was a garbage coach and we could see that in the play calling and the gameplay every single week. Zach Wilson, really bad to start the season, kind of got better as the season went on, showed some of that upside towards the end of the year. You know, obviously Mac Jones was slinging it pretty well at times, but in New England, are they ever fully going to unleash him? You know, if that's the case, then he's probably not going to be able to top some of these other guys. You know, so for me, looking back, and I think I still ended up having, well, I, I know I had Lawrence at one. I feel like I had Fields at two. And then was Wilson at three? And who else am I forgetting along with Jones? Oh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance, yeah. Trey Lance, duh. And I mean, obviously we'll see him this year. So I'm not really, I had Trey Lance at three, Wilson at four, Mac Jones at five is what I had. I'm not changing just yet. I'm going to, you know, but at the end of this season, maybe even a quarter of the way through of this season, when we're seeing some of these things play out, if Zach Wilson comes out and has, you know, a kind of a sophomore, you know, superstar type of rise, then obviously he's a guy that could very easily jump to the head of that class. Yeah, hundred percent. And with, you know, full disclosure here, I wasn't overly high on Trevor Lawrence last year. Like I, I never once like gushed over the guy. I thought he was very. People over- had him as like a top twelve quarterback already. I'm like, how? Yeah, no. Can you do that? No. Like, super talented, but again, no idea what's going on with his head coach or the weapons around him. Why are we doing this? No, absolutely not. When you look at the Jets, it kind of, to me, seems like they're trying to to do it the right way. They're improving their offensive line. They drafted Elijah Vera Tucker last year. They brought in Lakin Tomlinson. I mean, they have Makai Becton, Connor McGovern there now. They brought in two tight ends with Tyler Conklin and CJ. Who's your mama? there now i mean it just seems like they're trying to put little pieces around give a good offensive line and then we'll continue to develop the weapons we have they brought back braxton barrios who i do like in the slot elijah moore is somebody who he didn't have for a lot of time last year Corey davis is still Corey davis but i mean i think that there are a few pieces away like michael carter as well but I, i i will not be surprised if at the end of the year zach wilson is once again performing better than trevor lawrence yep no i wouldn't be surprised either all right, good. Well, good. I'm not, I'm not totally crazy, but when I talk about it, a lot of people are like, no, man, that's, that's just, I think it's just people want to hate Zach Wilson is what it is. And more than likely, it's probably, probably. what his mom does on social media, not what he actually does. Well, yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to do with just people aren't willing to give up 
on Trevor Lawrence. And he was, he was such, he was so solidified as the QB. I mean, the dude had been solidified as the QB one of his class for basically three years. I mean, everyone knew when he came out, he would be the QB one and he was just so freaking successful at Clemson. It was hard to, you know, kind of come off of that. So I think people are kind of still in, you know, looking at it that way and saying that, and that's why they're not willing to, you know, even say at this point, no, I'm not willing to change my mind. Right. All right. Good. Whew. I feel a lot better about myself. All right. Well, you know, like I said, on Monday, we want to keep these shows a little bit shorter. We will have another show coming out Wednesday as well. More of us will be on that podcast talking more of the late breaking news that we've had here over the last couple of weeks. Before we get out of here, though, I want to make sure I remind you guys, if you could do us a favor, hit that five star review if you enjoy the show and leave us a comment in that review. It really helps kind of grow the audio podcast. This isn't really something we paid a whole lot of attention to in years past but we're really trying to make a conscious effort to give you guys more material on the podcast could we just rip the audio from our videos and throw it here yeah we could but we're trying to give more and more content so that you have something different to listen to than what you could get on youtube as well so if you could do that we would greatly appreciate that as well but for myself and kyle we're going to go ahead and get out of here for the day hopefully you guys enjoy the rest of your day and we look forward to hearing you uh, on wednesday on the podcast make sure you check it out we'll talk to you later have a good one